0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on Building Greatness, The Warrior Way, a Westcliff University athletics podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermett, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. Well, Sean, as always the case, there is so much to talk about right now because uh, the Olympics are going on. Uh, you know, the NBA draft was recently the baseball trade deadline, gender equity in the NCAA. But as we like to do, uh, we're pretty excited. So we always want to start off talking about Westcliff athletics. We are at our point now where we are returned to play after a, quite a long time off. Uh, as an example, in just a couple of days on August 14th, our first competition, women's volleyball, Westcliff at Hope International. We've got other great stuff coming up. We're excited that we are returning to play. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the teams that are in action and what we should
1: expect? Hey, you know, first and foremost, uh, Sherm Dog, I can't believe we're saying that we're, we're back, right? We're officially a couple, a couple of weeks from, you know, really just having, you know, competition. I, I guess really, literally uh, days when this drops from uh, actually um, competing. So, I mean, it's been challenging, right? 2020 was challenging for sure for everyone uh, involved uh, in every aspect of uh, sports. So I'm just excited to say that we actually have a schedule, right? And it looks like um, we're going to be having no, no, you know, any kind of conflict, you know, for fall sports, which is amazing. Mm. So if you can just, you know, Put that in perspective, considering the last 18 months. I mean, that's a mouthful in itself. So, uh, with Westcliff, you know, you're always going to uh, see, um, you know, teams that, that compete to the highest quality of their ability, uh, number one. Um, so, that's always what you can expect out of us. Um, you know, it's about achieving our last 5C, uh, which is championships. It's all about that this year. Um, I think we've been sitting idle for a while. I've been chomping at the bit. I'm sure coaches have been, along with student-athletes. So I think you're going to see some enthusiasm. You're going to see some uh, compassion. Uh, You're going to see gratitude out there. You're going to see athletes competing to no end. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm predicting right now that I know we're going to get at least, you know, three or four championships this year. I'm putting it out there.
0: All right. That's quite a challenge for our
1: coaching staff. You're throwing it down. Throwing it down. We'll see who meets it. Yeah. Three or four. You know, you know what? Let me, since I'm throwing it out there, I want five. Five C's, five championships this year. We got 26 sports. Now, some of our sports, you know, are uniquely defined in the fact that they cannot compete for championships uh, within the NAIA because they are presently composed to, you know, be able to be um, uh, sports that the NAIA doesn't have, but I think I think we can get five of them. Sure, hmm. you're
0: talking national championships.
1: Hey, you know, I don't know what a national scene is going to be, but just give me conference championships. Conference, right okay. Now. We'll start. We'll start fine with conference. I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, just a
0: few other things coming up on Thursday, August nineteenth. Women's soccer which is Westcliff at the Masters and women's volleyball, La Sierra at Westcliff. This is going to be a big weekend. Uh, Friday, August 20th is going to be Westcliff at Biola, men's soccer. And then on Saturday, the 21st, Westcliff at Azusa Pacific, women's soccer. We've got a full slate of of, uh, fall sports coming up. So it's exciting, you know, talking to the other coaches Everybody's fired up just to be out on the practice field, let alone having competition against other uh, other schools, because obviously, again, we haven't seen that for 18 months. So, uh, you know, I can't wait to get going baseball still a couple of months out from actually being on the field, but uh, uh, obviously spring sports are a little bit different. Most immediately at this point, the fall sports and even the winter sports are going to get going here pretty soon. So we are in full swing and we have so much to look forward to. It is really exciting. We've got, um, as you mentioned, a lot of teams. Uh, All our our schedules for this, uh, our upcoming games are on uh, westcliffe.edu, Westcliffathletics.com. So for our listeners, if you're interested in where our teams are playing, make sure you check out The website. There's so much going on, really exciting time for us. Um, You know, something else, and I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. Uh, You know, the Olympics are finishing up, and it's been an exciting Olympics, um, although an odd one. You know, I've watched a bit of it on TV, not as many uh, fans in the stands, of course, but I think uh, there are a lot of storylines that always come out of the Olympics, none bigger than Simone Biles. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, We have talked about mental health. Uh, in the past uh, at length, and we've had a few people on that have talked about it and uh, told us their stories. And, you know, I was reading a story about her today and and her courage and everybody is backing her. There are a few people that aren't, but those are the naysayers, always going to be naysayers. But, um, you know, let me ask you this, uh, and I'm going to point out something that I don't necessarily believe, but for the purpose of this conversation, she is such a big figure, in uh, her sport that uh, she could, you get the feeling that people, of course, want to keep her happy. She needs to keep herself happy and be in a good place in order to not just uh, compete, but to conduct her life. I get that feeling that people are kind of pandering to her a little bit. Uh, Do you get that feeling? No. No. Okay. Why not? I mean, she's the GOAT. Yeah. Oh, uh, unquestionably. So
1: that's what so, I'm saying, though, that, that she is so good at what she does that people are trying yeah, to keep her happy. The, not trying to. They should. When, when don't we keep the best of anything happy? Well, you know, it, it's. It, it comes with the territory. I mean, she's the best Olympian. She's the best gymnast who's ever walked the face of the earth. Right. Period. Right. No gymnasts. Yeah.
0: She has four aerial moves that are named after her. The yeah,
1: bio. I mean,
0: yeah, she, I mean, she's the only one that can do them.
1: Yeah. What I'm saying is, and, and they don't like that. They, yeah, of course. We don't, society does not like people they can't break. Yeah. She wasn't broken by anyone other than she said, Hey, you know, I got the twisties. I, I, I'm, I'm not mentally sharp right now. And for me, because I do things that no one else on this earth can do. In gymnastics, it is extremely dangerous. They have acknowledged that when she's on top of her game, right? When she's on top of her game and she's mentally sharp, they ask her not to do those moves, right? Because number one, they can't judge them. Number two, uh, they talking about fair, but she's just the best, right? That's why they named after her, right? But they don't want her to do it, but she can do them. So she does, right? So then when she says, hey, I'm not mentally sharp, You know, I'm not on my game. I need to you know, shut it down because I can help hurt myself. Right. I can hurt myself by doing these things and I'm not going to, you know, tone it back because we are athletes and we don't do that. We give our best at what we need to do. And if you're tired, then pull on your jersey. That's what coaches tell great players. Right. Don't go out unless you can give it your all. Mm. Okay? it's the difference between being hurt and injured and and and, and that is the same way when we talking about mental health. Right? So the game didn't shut her down. She shut herself down and we upset about it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Right? So pandering yeah. to her, we pose that she walks on water in the gymnastics field. Okay. I never saw Kobe not being being you know uh, endured. Jordan, uh, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron—you name. Maybe we didn't do enough for Hank. Let's be honest, okay? So yeah. no, she's she got she's getting everything that she deserves far as attention because she's the best at what she does. Number uno, number okay. one. You know, it, when I
0: have spoken with my baseball friends who have had a a, a pretty successful career. Uh, they, they've all kind of said the same thing. You know, when we were in the minor leagues or we were coming up and everybody has to go through that process, you got to grind in order to get to where you want to go. They said, nobody ever paid for a meal for us. But once we got famous, I never had to pay for a meal again. That's what I, that's sort of what I mean. I mean, hey, look, look who it is over there. Hey, buddy, let me buy you a beer. She's the best
1: beer. that ever walk the face of the earth mm. what she does. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I mean, like, She's, she's the best that ever walked the face of the earth. How many people can say that? Yeah, not many. <laughs> we, I true. mean, there's some scrubs out there getting pandered to. Yeah, that's true. They don't deserve it because of the entitlement, because of who they know or whatever the case may be. But you don't get to be who she is without putting in the work. She's the epitome of success. And she's a humble individual. This is what we project on her from society. She never comes out and spill that kind of, you know, ego or pride about what she does. Matter of fact, if that was the case, and if she really cared two cents about what we thought about it, she wouldn't have had courage enough to say, you know what, I got to shut this down. I'm Mm going to show that, hey, you know, Superwoman does have a little kink in her armor at times. I go through the same thing as you. I'm going to remind all of you that I am human. But what makes me ultra human is that normally, because this is just a one off, I'm able to get my mental, my mental, my physical and my spiritual all aligned. And when I do that, we're talking about planets we're never seen in the universe ever. Mm-hmm. And so we start naming new galaxies and, and, and star systems when we see her perform at her highest grade. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, come on, man. We need to rock her like a old battleship. <laughs> I mean, there's some things that need to be happening, Jim, Jim, I mean, but, but, hey, we can say the reason why we don't do that, you know, because uh, she doesn't look the part, bro. She, Her skin a little dark, man. She doesn't look like traditional uh, what we want to say uh, should be. Because I can remember growing up when Mary Lou Retton did her thing, she couldn't be stopped. She was on everything.
0: Yeah, that's true. The
1: same thing with Simone Biles. And she and Mary Lou, you know, no disrespect, ain't no bows, I can tell you that. Mm.
0: Yeah. Well by far,
1: but she couldn't be stopped, man. You remember when she won that? Oh she yeah, yeah. It yeah. The best. Come on, man. It, it ran for the next two, three Olympics.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. Now this girl
1: sitting with so much hardware, right? She's sitting with so much hardware, we just we we hate winners. Haters gonna hate. We hate winners. But it's been a tough role. And I said it's the last, uh, you know, podcast for my black women in sports, especially the Olympics. I pretty much boycott the Olympics. I have not watched one live performance at any level of the Olympics. Why is that? Is that you tell me from a social my own social, uh, you know, status that where I feel like it's been too many things that's been unjust.
0: OK, OK, I ain't
1: watching. Hmm. not giving you my time. My time is the most precious resource I have. I'm not giving it to you when I see the injustice spilling out. What a soul cap has to do with a person. Yeah, look, that's true. come on, man. there's too many other things. OK, we, we want to treat the athletes who got a little testosterone, you know, spikes that's naturally and we know it's natural. So, hey, let me give you some drugs. Mm-hmm. But yet, when we take drugs, you can't run. But we're going to give you some drugs. Long no, we give you the drugs. It's cool. But if you smoke a little weed, then no, it ain't cool. And yeah. we know we're supposed to slow you down, but you running out there like the Matrix. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? yeah. You're running out there like the Matrix. They can't slow you down, right? You, you're a new, you know, but, but you smoking weed, and, and we couldn't put you back on, when we got so many double standards. Mm-hmm. And then, then, hey, and then my girls from Jamaica, right? Swept. Swept. You're, you're sweep. you they're sweeping, yeah, sweeping.
0: There no guns
1: in Jamaica. Come on, man. <laughs> I think Bob Marley told us that, mom. Yeah.
0: Well, um, <laughs> now well, they had obviously Jamaica has a long track history. The interesting thing is they got rich
1: track history, yeah. rich track history. Some of our best athletes in track come from Jamaica.
0: Well, interesting, you know, the women. The Jamaican women are are killing it. The Jamaican men are not. All of a sudden, yeah, there's there's not as many uh, competing or as many world class. Uh, It's hard to judge anything after Usain Bolt. I I just I was enthralled. I watched that guy. I I could watch that guy all day long on the track. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable. I was just enthralled by it. You know, he takes he takes three less steps than everybody else in the hundred. He takes 41 steps, everybody and he's, else- a, big,
1: and he's a big sprinter on top of that. And then you, well yeah. you might as well tell Tariq Hill go sit down. I mean I saw the article talking about he was like oh I yeah. can I can beat both. Number one get your life together first. Yeah of course <laughs> you know man, get your life together first before yeah. you try to step up to that Olympian but no nah, man it was just so many so many things that were just unjust and Personally, you know, I ain't taking knee, and, and no disrespect, you know, to, to the Olympic games, but it's not representing what we, what, where the world is at this point. Mm. It's in la la land. Okay. You know, and I'm talking about everything that did not have to do with, you know, changing the spirit of competition. Now I get the weed situation. Hey, it is what it is. Mm. But, but the other situations, right. Simone Bows, to the, you know, um, soul caps to, yeah. you know, um, you know, asking athletes not to be who they are. All of those things, man, that's that, that got a little ridiculous for me. I didn't, I didn't feel so patriotic from a world perspective with the Olympics.
0: Well, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if obviously in just about every facet of life, the United States leads the way whether it's social influence or politics or business, whatever it is, it's always, or sports, it's always the USA. The other, the other countries uh, and delegates don't necessarily seem to follow. They, they don't do as, they're not as outspoken as we are.
1: Man, hey, listen, you're so true. And I'm sure that, you know, me telling you that I didn't watch the Olympics for my personal reasons probably threw you off, right? Cause you know how much I love sports and how much I love this country, right? that I actually served, not just talked about, not just put my hand on my chest in the Pledge of Allegiance, actually in the trenches, you know what I'm saying, for this country, for our freedom, right? So, you know, it had to be something that struck a chord with me for me to even fall back in the manner that I did. But um, I used to get enthusiastic about the Olympics and during my lifetime, it was always about the Russians and the Czech Republic doping the hell out of the Olympics, right? And getting kicked out, right? It was crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And, and now all of a sudden they clean. <laughs> Come on now. All of a sudden they clean. They've been in the history of Olympics. They've been dirty the whole time of my lifetime, you know, and, and I don't have any facts. I'm just speaking, um, you know, from the barbershop talk right now, you know, yeah. I don't have the facts, but it just seems like to me, all the Olympics that I remember hearing about all the doping was coming from, you know, the USSR, Check mm-hmm. the public and all of that crazy stuff, and now this year, out of all the years, they clean, nobody good, everybody's good over there. Because I mean, they were manufacturing crazy stuff from mm-hmm. Olympics to Olympics, right? And we would and then win all these medals, and then we wouldn't find back, find out about it until what six months later, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you know, but then nothing would ever happen. So all of a sudden now, it's just the people of color that's the issue at the Olympics now. Mm. This whole global, this whole global shift of people of color has changed. But it just seems like to me from the outside, who was getting the, 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 you know, the poo-poo hand of the stick. Hmm. Okay. I'm just saying, just, just. No, no, yeah. I, I, that's why I asked. I wanted to who get had you the headlines. There. I mean, from Naomi Osaka to you name it, bro. Who who was hit who was tearing up the headlines when it came to having all the dirt bag stuff happening in the Olympics? So everybody else was good? Because mm. I remember we had issues beforehand in swimming and everything else, right? Sure, sure. But now everybody else good. Just 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 the people of color here got an issue. I'm just saying something, something didn't seem right. The microscope seemed like it was pointed one direction. Okay. Okay. Well, you you know, get up to like twenty or something. I don't know. All right. Well, as an example,
0: Russia d- didn't send a delegate of Russians. They invented something called the ROC or the Russian Olympic Committee. These are supposedly their athletes that tested cleanly. So mm-hmm. rather than rather mm-hmm. than punishing the entire country, they just punish the offenders. And now they have a separate delegate of, quote, clean athletes, I guess you might say. Hard to, it's hard to prove that as well because mm-hmm. they're the ones controlling it. But it, it's, uh, But what you say, I understand what you say. It certainly, certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just, you know, whenever we have an, a, a world or international competition, whether it's the world championships, the Olympics or anything, it's never going to be 100% perfect or clean. There's going to be athletes that, that are tested positive. Uh, that have done something wrong in the Olympic Village or something in their history, and then they have to get on. Then they got to get up there and they have to deny it. And unfortunately, the naysayers will be more acu- uh, accusatory. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know when we had to, When we started dealing with this this much, um, you know, it, it was one of those. I think probably systemic problems, but it only came to light in the '80s because steroids got big, and it had probably been happening through the '60s and '70s. And then, of course, science caught up and started inventing even bigger and better things, HGH, et cetera. And um, then they started testing for all this stuff, and the uh, athletes figured out a way to get around the tests. And so it's it's a constant struggle about uh, about fairness and uh, level playing field.
1: Yeah. Um, but, you know I, I- expect, I expect, you know, I expect whenever you bring so many cultures together, right, that you would expect to have some – you know, culture differences and different things of that nature, right? But for some reason, this year or this Olympics, it just seemed like it was just in one corridor. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I mean, because normally when I think about corruption, besides, you know, the Russians and, you know, Czech Republic and all of those things, I always thought about boxing as well, right? We can never get away without something controversial happening in Olympic boxing, right? True, yeah, true. Some kind of, you know, crazy, you know, uh, scoring that normally knocks somebody off. But we didn't see any of that, man. It was like it was just one agenda. And I'm just talking from a perspective of like, you know, actually, I was in the peanut gallery, you know, this time because I didn't physically give my time to watch anything. But I did read. I did see the highlights. I did that piece, right? I just didn't physically uh, watch anything, and I thought it was some great, cool uh, highlights of new sports, right? That hit the scene. So I don't want to be, you know, just all negative, right? When I'm coming to it, but I'm just, just saying, it was just I, maybe I was a little more conscious and woke this year. Maybe what this country in the United States had been through the last four years or so. Um, up up close in our face with, with some delicate you know topics maybe I was just more um, you know aware or noticing little things that maybe I, I knew always were there but you know wasn't so much in the forefront so, that was just my opinion on it. Sure, sure. Okay, so
0: you're telling me you weren't interested in watching the USA men's basketball and women's basketball team. Not when they start
1: doing the dumb stuff. When we start doing stuff like, hey, you can't wear a soul cap, but we know it doesn't uh, give you no competitive advantage. But because it helps you and your ethnicity, then you can't wear it. When they start doing that, I'm like, I'm out. Okay,
0: so uh, just for some of our listeners who may not know what a soul cap is, would you like to enlighten us?
1: Well, I can give you um, the simplest version. Sure. If I'm an African-American and, you know, and I have an Afro, okay. right, and, and if you watch the NBA draft with my brothers who like to wear their hair out a little bit more, right, your cap don't work, don't, doesn't fit. I think even the uh, years prior, they even let a do where a visor, I can't think of his name, who actually rocked the first visor instead of a cap. Sure. In the NBA draft. But basically, um, you know, one of our uh, Afrocentric sisters, you know, in the Olympics, you know, it's a company that caters to, you know, big hair um, that is a little bit different for African-Americans, right? And, and people of color uh, of different uh, countries. So this cap allows them to, you uh, to be themselves basically right allows okay. them to be themselves and, and still cover their hair in such a way that it doesn't go all over the place just like your regular uh swim cap would uh, right, does right
0: right you know and, I, and- I i remember being in college a long time ago and we had a center fielder who wore one of those under his hat nobody ever said anything and he called it a wave cap it's a sole cap same thing but uh this was back in oh my goodness 1985-86 he was a heck of a player and got drafted and I think played in the Cardinals organization. But he had one back then and uh, he had to explain what it did. So, I mean, I've known for a long time what it is and uh, what it's supposed to do. And also to a certain degree, what it represents. Um, I don't see a lot of uh, athletes from other cultures wearing them. Um, And so, I, you know, it's obviously, as you say, it's supposed to help you. Uh, you know, with your hair, if you have to wear a hat on top of it, um, you know, the swimmers now like to wear them under their swim caps. And that is one of the reasons that they said, no, you can't wear it. Maybe, I, it, obviously, I don't think it gives you any kind of competitive advantage. But and that's all that
1: should matter, because if I was Muslim, and I needed to make some provisions, would anything happen?
0: Yep, that's true. Uh, you know, maybe they look at it differently from a religious perspective.
1: From the subjective. Cause it's subjective yeah. though. So the, for us, you know, being that sports supposed to be a meritocracy, right? All we care is: does it not? Does it? Does it help you in competition? Does it gives you an unfair advantage? And when the answer is no, no, right? When the right. answer is no, and we know that um, it is something that does the same thing as the other cap. What's the issue? If you want to put weights on your arms and slow yourself down in the competition, why should we care? Especially if it wasn't in the rule book. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that existed. Right. Right. You know, before. So it, it, it was definitely a, a straight shot at that. But, but you know, African-American hair uh, reacts different for women in the water. That Does is true. Yeah, That's true. So yeah. we're just going to have them out there looking crazy. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's things that prevent it and, and it doesn't give a competitive advantage. And they was talking about all these dimensions and how it, I mean, when you listen to all the articles that was written, it was really saying how bad it it, it slows you up. Right. But they still win it. Yeah. So what's the, what's the point?
0: Yeah. Do you remember Flo Jo and her hair?
1: Oh yeah. You mean not, not just the hair. Remember she came out with the, the freaking nails as well. Yeah. And the nails too. Yeah.
0: But I mean, the hair, the way she used to run because her running style was unprecedented and she had these huge head of hair flowing behind her as she ran, she ran so fast, you know, it was right. just, it was, but it, it was quite a scene. I remember actually in the 84 Olympics watching her in person, you know, I just, I was lucky we, we got to go. Um, and, uh, you know, ever since then, she kind of brought the style. Uh, as you say, you see runners now, like Shakari richardson with the nails and the hair and it seems to be commonplace um and they're they're making a style statement while they're in the middle of their performance i guess you might say um where we didn't see that before so things have some things have changed for the for the better and been progressive but then some you know it's a it's one step up and two steps back
1: so yeah you know but i would say this though because that you know i get where you get the fashionistas and all that kind of stuff. But the, the soul caps really has nothing to do with fashion.
0: Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. One step up. Yes, yeah, that's step so, yeah. so while we make some strides forward um, in, as you say, fashionista, then the powers that be say, well, you can't do that. And so we have to take a, a step or two backwards. Um, you know, it's happening in sport. Uh, Serena Williams, uh, who's a bigger fashionista in tennis than Serena Williams?
1: Oh, man, come on, the bees! You remember when the bees were crazy? Yeah. Right. You remember, oh, Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so when the bees, the geeks, you know, the bees came out. Right. And then the fact the storyline coming that they're from uh, Compton, such and such. Right. So some things right in our society is looking to, to be bad. Right. It brings down your race and, and, and wave caps like wearing a wave cap out, out in public. Right. Yeah. It is like an outcry for most African-Americans. Right, but then they start making wave caps with designs on them for fashion. Right, but it depicts a, a, a point of not being polished for African Americans. Right, right. okay. You know, I just happened to be out with my cousins. Right, my cousins came from the East Coast, both fully educated, educated individuals, young, um, and they had the wave caps on with me, and we took a picture and we sent it to my family back east. Mm. And one of my aunts were like, "Take those wave caps off." Right? Why? Why did she yeah. say that? Because it was a time where they depict everything that Black Americans didn't want to be a part of. Oh, I see. It was perpetuating. Uh, uh, perpetuating uh, a stigma. Stigma. Okay. But, but but, my point to you, and I get it, and I understand exactly where she was coming from because I lived during the, that era. But the fact of the matter that society would put restrictions on what other races can wear and what they deem to be ghetto or non-ghetto, right? That's where it came down to. Yeah. yeah. It right? came down to being ghetto, right? So what I'm saying is one of the purest forms of expression is being an artist, whether it's sports, music, culture, movies, whatever, right? It's the, it's the purest form of expression. And for us to throw these denigrating stereotypes in the mix, especially in sports, that's what's troubling in my heart. Right, that's what gets troubling for me because this supposed to be, you know, a place or, or environment of a meritocracy to where it's only based on performance. And that's it, performance only. But yet other stereotypes gets drifted into this, right? And that's the whole point with the soul cap. And, and for me, the Olympics is the only thing in my mind, just my mind, me speaking personally, to where it's the purest form of amateurism because we know it does not exist in the NCA, right? Mm-hmm. So when I think about the Olympics, I'm thinking about the purest form of amateurism and in my mind, just my mind, not no, one, no one else's. It's like recess. It's like recess when you was a child, in elementary, you know, where it's just that hour to be all you can be, you know what I'm saying? So when I think about that, it's like, you know, potato sack runs and, and everything else, right? You know, to where it, it's just the purest form of amateurism and, and to have it tainted to me in my perception of my mental, right, of everything that does not have to do with the sport, and people train their entire lives, right, turn down millions of money, millions of dollars of money to keep this amateurism status and for it to be tainted by, you know, unjust, unwilled people who just want to have an agenda, that's when it gets tough for me, right, and I know this conversation don't need to go there today because it wouldn't take a whole podcast, but it's some systemic, Things that happens that throws the mental off lately in our athletes and all they want to do, because every athlete does not um, have the strength to carry the moral compass or the moral standard. They just are great at what they do at its purest form. And, you know, they they, did in some that can carry that burden. So we can't get mad at the ones who cannot be that, that person. And, and, and at the end of the day, you know, although, you know, that's why I love athletes and I love sports is because most of our change in society somehow seems to stem around athletes who can will everyone else together to get change. We have elected officials. We have other people who supposedly be doing the work that hide behind these athletes, right? condemn them at every stop, but yet they're not picking up the baton and doing what they need to do on their platforms. So, you know, so it gets kind of crazy. Like, and, and I get it too, because I love the media, right? I'm a big media junkie, you know, as, as long as the media and the athletes are using our platform, you know, to uplift and uphold. I'm not saying don't tell the story, because if the story is the story, the story is the story you know, no matter how bad it is. But that can even be placed in proper context, right? But it is some areas where we need to start being okay with our athletes saying, hey, this, I need a break. I need a mental break. You know, I I can't even reset because people reset on the way in their commute. They reset uh, during lunch. They reset, you know, at home. Now, with social media and everything has 24 access from TikTok to all the other platforms and social media, Instagram, whatever the case may be, this is where we are now. So, if Simone Biles, if, you know, uh, Naomi Asaka, whoever, Sean Harris, and, 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 and David Shemet, Brandon Peterson say, hey, man, we need to take a little time. To, you know, be like our boy who, who said, you got to get your mental right, got to take your physical, got to get our chickens right. That's basically what he was saying, right? You know, um, we, got, we need time to get that together. Give them that space too. Mm. And give them that space. Be okay with that. Okay. But it's taking...
0: First of all, let me address one of your points earlier about amateurism. I, I don't find that sports just about anywhere is amateurism. The Olympics as well. I mean, there are professional athletes in the Olympics. But OK, it's supposed to be about the best athletes from each country going up against each other. Um, the the mental health issue with Naomi Osaka and, and uh, Simone Biles and any other person of note, um, only it, it seems as though we have these. Um, support groups. We we have these organizations to help with this, but it doesn't really get as much exposure as when somebody famous, like Osaka or Biles, comes to the forefront and says, hey, this is happening with me, and this is what I'm going to do, and then we start to address it. Um, it's something that we need to sustain over a period of time, and, and it'll probably, you know, I don't want to say lather, rinse, repeat, but we have to wait for the next famous person to come out against something uh, that's a travesty or, or something that's being overlooked before it gets attention. So, uh, you know, we have Simone Biles and I still can't believe that there are naysayers <laughs> that, that have said some things negatively about her after this. I mean, she's got nothing to prove. She she's, she's got the chops. Obviously she's won world championships, medals, you know, traveling the world, representing our country. And, and she's the if, best
1: that ever did it in her yeah. sport period.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Agreed. And that's not going to change until somebody comes along who's better than she is. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime. But uh, the point is, is that, um, you know, everything's going to die down when the Olympics is over. Are we still going to focus a a light on uh, mental illness, mental health as an example? We might because Naomi Osaka pulled out of her next competition already, even after the Olympics. So, you know, as long as
1: people saying, Oh man, you know, because here's, here's the difference thing is like, it's the double standard, right and now we're just shifting into a different era but actually remember if you didn't compete then they called you mentally weak yeah that's true and, they said you, and then they said you know you're soft
0: well yeah i could you know if you have a history of failure <laughs> and then you get up there and you say no i can't do but, it but,
1: but it, it doesn't even matter it doesn't have that. But no but it doesn't matter because that's not what it's about right it's it's about being soft, right? I mean, that's what comes down to it. That's that's what I'm saying. We we're, we're making a great shift to a better place because I believe that it's okay to say, "Hey, I need to take a time out." What, you know, Osaka's doing, what Bow's doing, what other athletes are doing that's just not getting the attention, right? But what I'm saying is is people who want us to keep us back in that stinking thinking And that's the reason why suicide rates are high and everything else, right? Or people live in double lives, right? Because they can't be who they are. So we can't celebrate people coming out in their sexuality and they can't accept someone for for dealing with their mental health in the same platform. It's a double standard. It's a negative connotation. You, You get what I'm saying? We can't say, hey, man, I'm glad you came out and you can be yourself right and and express your sexuality in hockey we can celebrate you but then when you you're being yourself and saying hey i'm mentally uh or not is not together to be able to perform my job now we're looking down on you Hmm. how how can you say that in the same breath Hmm. well because we're not allowing them to be them does that make sense
0: yeah, it makes sense. I, yeah, but there are stories, though success stories.
1: Um, yeah, but, but but see, okay. So here's here's the the love hate relationship that I that I have with the media because of sensation, you know, uh, being uh, sensationalized, right? Right. Where, where are those stories? Where Where are those stories at? We don't have those stories. So I mean, so when we want to talk about uh, like athlete like Kyrie. Irving, right. Yeah. So when we want to talk about someone who's a non-conformist, uh, does his own thing, don't want to be a part of the team, we want to put a highlight on him. Right. To say, hey, look, look what he's doing. Right. He just does his own thing. You know, he ain't really a team player, whatever. We want to depict that light. But in the same breath, his philanthropy this year has been off the charts. Right. Of issues after issues, after issues, right, that he has placed his own money, right, on and made a difference. All I'm saying is I have no disrespect to the media or anything, right? It's just what I'm saying is that we have to accept everyone, every aspect and tell the complete story. Because, you know, I saw the preacher get on IG and it was talking about, oh man, you know, people on Instagram lie, you know, they tell lies is because all they do is promote all the good things in their life, right? So he was like, they tell it a lot. And I'm saying, hey, that's not true what they're saying because really IG is just incomplete. It's just incomplete. We all know that we have failures in our lives, but this is just depicting one section of what we go through in your life we know it's highs and lows so we have to be able to have so i'm just saying that i'm charging real journalists right to be responsible of telling the complete story not getting called into the non-trained journalists that sometimes run amok right and promote those stories just tell yeah. a complete story of the of the person that you're following that's all i'm saying okay. just a complete story. Yeah, this is what makes sense for you. So the complete story is, and let me tie this back in so we don't lose anybody, but the complete story is that Simone Biles, this mental case of what is documented by other gymnasts is called the Twisties, that we have a name for this, right? That we know exists, is a one-off because she's been kicking ass in everything else she does. So the complete story is 99.9% of the time, she's kicking your ass. But this 0.1% just happened to be bad timing because it was the Olympics because the Olympics is in an off year. Because if the Olympics was last year, she probably wouldn't have the, twi- the twisties. Right. And she would be practicing for the next Olympics that she's going to kick everybody's ass in and things that she actually does. Right. But we don't want to pick that up. We don't want to pick that up because it's not a story. Mm. Right. So we trash her. We, we, we make her seem like she ain't the epitome of success. And she ain't the best thing since sliced bread because she is. We, we, we make statements about, man, we just trying to keep her happy. We should be keeping her happy because she's a queen at what she does, and she nobody else does it better. Just like we said, hey, Michael Phelps, you know what? It's okay to smoke weed. It's cool because you're the best swimmer we ever see in our life, and if you want to smoke a little weed in the off time and drink, uh, you know, and, and eat 10,000 calories, we're cool with that, right? Didn't lose an endorsement, didn't get bitchered, nothing, right? Easy in, easy out. But why is she getting her her name Sully? Hmm. She has a lot of support though from other she, athletes. She, she has a lot of support for other athletes because they know what it takes to get to where she is. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we don't, we we never as a society appreciate the greats until they're gone. So I'm glad some people stepping up, right? And I'm glad we're talking about that. We're giving her flowers while she's here. Okay. Now if Naomi Yasaki wanna uh, not uh talk to some people because that's what she want to do. And she says she and she's a professional, right? And she don't want to talk to some people, right? And she was okay because she's killing the game, right? She was killing the game financially. So she was like, hey, cool. I understand that this is one of my obligations. I will, I'm not gonna go because it doesn't serve me any purpose. But since I am a pro, I pay you. And, and then what Tennis said was, hey, she makes this. Boatload of money. Right. We never had this happen before that somebody can actually, uh, you know, uh, be able to pay these fines for the whole season. So we're going to get together and and make sure this doesn't happen for anybody else. So we're going to up all these fines. Right. To make it ridiculously crazy that this has to happen because these media obligations. Right. Is how we pay the bills. And I'm not I'm not mad at that. It's just business. But if she wanted to pull a billy out and say, hey, this covers the fact that I keeping my um, my, you know, my obligation, I still want to play. That should be able to happen, too. Mm. She did say.
0: Yeah, she did say in her press conference that there are some things happening behind the scenes that you don't know about.
1: Absolutely. It's all about cash. And I think all of it's relative. Athletes need the media. The media needs athletes, sponsorships, promotions and events need the same thing but what i'm saying to you is since they're all professionals if she want to write a check for ability and say i ain't showing up accept it hmm. move on okay okay because what's gonna happen uh okay now this was so much for her and then we find her somewhere in in, in a room like whitney houston you know overdose and then what are we gonna say oh our bag because at the end of the day, we all know what it's about anyway. It wasn't about her actually speaking. It was about the money that she actually generated, right, from the stories. So so if, if it was about the money, let's just keep it about the greenbacks. Pay, pay it.
0: Mm.
1: Pay it. Pay pay, it. pay the deal. Just let, let it pay the deal. Everybody still get paid, and we can move on because it's really about money. Mm. And, and it's okay to deny people access to you, to who you are. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Believe
0: well, yeah, I understand. Absolutely. Um, And it makes sense.
1: So while what's, we're, what's we're, your we're, thoughts? Well, um, oh you can't pay, she can't pay, she can't pay a couple million as the athlete. said. So you know what? I ain't going to the press conference today, but here are y'all money anyway. Yeah, I know the,
0: the demands we put on our athletes and we hold our athletes to a higher standard, especially the best, you know, we look at, we look at, uh, Simone Biles or Tom Brady or Michael Phelps or any of the, any of those that are the best. And, and we just, we revere them, you know, they're royalty. I understand that. Um, and as an example, you know, you're talking about the money, right? Pay them just this past week in free agency in the NBA teams spent 1.5 billion dollars. Steph Curry has a $215 million four year contract. That's $53 million a year. Uh, I just, I, I'm still working that one out in my head. That's just unbelievable. But uh, he deserves it, you know. And and my dad, when I was a kid, says, Son, you get all you can get in this world. And don't, you know, don't apologize for it. Get what you can get. Do it legally, you know. Do get everything you can get in this world. And so, you know, I, took me a while to understand what he meant. I just wanted to be polite to everybody. But after a while, you got to look out for yourself, um, which is what Simone Biles is doing. And Naomi Osaka, you got to look out for number one. You got to look out for yourself. And no matter what anybody says, in particular, the press. But as you say, we need the press.
1: because. Yeah. And if- I'm, not, I'm not putting this on the press. What I'm saying is, it's the system, right? And what I'm saying is, it's the, it's the system that allows these collisions but it's really generated for money. And and to to the point that you can't quantify as far as Steph Curry, he box office, LeBron James box office. So they they still the end users in this mix. So they never getting their net worth. Even though that 215 million seems fine, they still not getting what they're worth. That's a lot of money, right? But if they can be paid that, then that means there's more being made over top of that. Well, how do you how do you judge what they're worth? Well, it's up to the individual. So you barter and trade, you barter and trade what you feel like your time is, because at the end of the day, all we do and I tell all of my kids this, all my family, all work is is bartering time for money. We're swiping time for money. A corporation and a business entity job is to get, get more time from you and pay you less money. And your job is, you know, is to give them less time and make more money. Mm. So everything, it's no such thing, you know. I don't believe in fair. It's just that you're trying to get close to an even exchange as possible. And athletes try to do that. Try to get into an even exchange, the closest even exchange as possible, but we know they will never be able to, to, to get every piece of the money. that that they're worth or what they're generating on because it's just not worth to chase all of it. Just look at athletes. I mean, if it didn't come down to name image and likeness, they have been exploited for so long. If name image and likeness were were there in high school, LeBron James probably have a billion dollars before he even left. His son would be close to that even coming out the door of high school. But it was money being made from sponsorships to TV rights to TV deals and all of those things. So we get it. It's just the system, and the system collides it. What I'm saying is don't be upset when athletes who are on different tiers, because we know there's levels to this. Your bench players are not getting paid as much as your stars. But if the star players say, hey, I'm going to skip the press conference, but here a cup of milk because, you know, I'm Kyrie Irving, and it don't matter to me. Right. If I give you a 100 grand or 200 grand because I was supposed to be there, you might not have access to me. But really, you want to generate the dollars anyway. Don't be mad. Because hmm. it's about money anyway. So we say, hey, you know how much money I was going to generate for you guys? All right. Here you go. Let me cover the. Let me cover uh, all the reporters and, and the sponsorships uh, price tag on their bottom line. So. It just seemed like you're not going to miss the fact that I was here, but I'm not here. So you ain't getting no extra, right? So you ain't going to be able to write a story on top of a story on top of a story that I can't control because I don't want to be here today. So here's 200,000. Here's 300,000. Here's 400,000. Because at the end of the day, it's about the money.
0: Always. Do you know what I have to say to that? I'm just here, so I don't don't get fired.
1: fired. I don't get fired. Absolutely. But I mean, that's, the, but that was the same dude, right?
0: Marshawn Lynch, yeah.
1: Marshawn Lynch was saying, hey, take care of your mental. Take care of your chickens, right? The, yeah. Hey, right? That's the first thing he came out of his mouth, right? Because he understands the demand. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So let's not get mad when, when athletes figure it out. It was like, hey, oh, this, how much is this going to cost me? All right. I got that. No problem. Here you 200000 because soon they don't fulfill their contract. We asked them for the money back. We do that in the NFL all the time, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Aaron
1: Rodgers would, would have paid a boatload of money if he ain't come in the, uh, in the training camp, right? Yep. That would have been
0: a huge refund. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. If he was in a position to pay the money, like um, my man, who's uh, who's the quarterback for Cincinnati back in the day? Um, Palmer, right? Oh, Carson Palmer, yeah. Carson, remember, he was able to pay his, his bill, right? He was yeah, like, wow, you know what? I went to Harvard's business school. Bang, here's that money, right? I'm giving you your money back, Cincinnati, and I'm still going to go play somewhere else, right? So he was able to maneuver that in such a way because he was in a spot where he was now in ownership of him. Of him, You see what I'm saying? And we didn't make a big story about it because he footed the bill. If Aaron Rodgers could have footed the bill, he would have been great. Now, we had a running back. Try to do the same thing that left my my Steelers, right? You remember him? You remember the running back? Yeah, Bill uh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell right. yeah. sat out the whole year. Yeah, yeah. And then went somewhere different, but he wasn't the same player, right? But he had the same cachet as being a quarterback. Well, there are plenty of players'
0: history, like in baseball. It, it just happened recently. Kamar Rocker, the number ten pick overall to the Mets, and the Mets didn't sign him in the period. And he said, thanks, I'll just uh, wait a year and go back into the draft. Uh, J.D. Drew did the same thing. But you know what? They're doing this on the advice of their agents. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers obviously is in a different stratosphere. He's been in the league for 16, 17 years. He's made a lot of money. You know, these. I'm not talking about, you know, there's guys starting out that are just starting their careers. And they've got to take the advice of their agents. Whereas uh, somebody like uh, Carson Palmer or Aaron Rodgers, they've built it up already. They've been in the league for a while. They can make up their own mind without the advice of their agents. Someone will break it down for them and say, look, if you do this, this is a consequence. If you do this, you get this much money or you have to pay this back. Hey, he's a grown man. He's going to make his own decisions, obviously. Uh, But as you say, it's always the bottom line, always about money. You know, this whole, you look at uh, not just The basketball free agency, baseball free agency, huge trade deadline moves all over the place and the money, you know, you look at uh, Patrick Mahomes, his contract is possibly worth $503 million by uh, over its lifetime. And that's unprecedented. So, you know, where do we go from there? Because one of the greatest pieces of advice I ever heard is that you deserve what you accept. Yeah. Yeah. So if you accept whatever that offer is, that's what you think you're worth. That's what you deserve.
1: But,
0: but where does it go? I mean, uh, it's just going to keep going north. As, as long as there's TV money rolling in and there's sponsorships rolling in, the money's going to be there.
1: And, and the money's been there, and we know it. I mean, just look at how the SEC Alabama football team uh, alumnus and um, the SEC and, and, and some of the sponsors took care of their quarterback. Mm-hmm. For, for, I mean, I think his deal, name, image, and likeness, was 800000
0: um, yeah. Uh, uh, Bryce Young. Yeah. he's yeah. from this area originally, you know, modern right. day. And so uh, 800,000, right? Yeah. Before he does
1: anything, he hasn't before even played in the game. It. yet. Yeah. 800,000. Right. They, and they, and, and they strategically went under a mill cause they didn't want to set it too high. Right.
0: Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. That's true. Setting a precedent. Absolutely. Right. But again, we've talked about, there's only a handful of, of players uh, nationwide that are going to get that. You know, the guy at Clemson Uyagalele, is going to get that too. There's going to be a few big name players because the left guard for North Carolina isn't going to get, you know, isn't going to get NIL money. So it's just right. the guys that they're marketing. And, you know, hey, the NCAA is smart. They, they know how to market and those teams know how to market. And by the way, we've got entirely about the money with teams like Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12, trying to get to the SEC. And I mentioned to you that Westcliff needs to transfer to the SEC. They've got to have room for us somewhere. we're yeah, gonna get with cool. one it's a long way to go, but man, oh man, if we can join there's gonna be there's gonna be huge movement now because of all these teams jumping conferences which happened about ten years ago when these super conferences were put together, and now they're continuing this way. but it's always about the money
1: period. I, I tell you this one of the great compliments um, that we can receive at Westcli University and our athletics department is. Now we're to a place where other universities are looking at our coaches, right, and and wanting to hire them, right? True. For promotional, you know, situations for the most part, right? So that's a great testament. And number one, I just want to let everybody know: like anybody worked for me at West Cliff Athletics. If you want to go somewhere, let me know. You don't you don't have to hide it. Let me know, and I help you get there because. I believe in training and development and you're always going to be a part of our lineage and our coaching tree and whatever the case may be. And I'm proud for that because that showed for me as a a dean of athletics that I'm training and developing my people to be attractive for other jobs and other opportunities. Right. So they see that success. So I I want to be a part of that journey if if the coaches allow me to be. But that's the best, um, you know, song and dance. Someone can tell me that I'm doing my job is when they look at our, my coaches, right, That the, the coach alongside me, you know, that I handpicked my first-round draft picks, right, and I and I went out here and, and, and pulled them out the mud, right, and now they're shining like a diamond. And somebody else said, hey, we want, we want that person over here. Right? We had that already, right, happening. So then that's when I know that we're on the map and we're moving. Sure. That's when you know you're moving. When other universities looking around – and all of a sudden you was, was in a blip on their radar, a blip on their radar. Now you you own the radar, right? Now you the spotlight and now you're the epitome of success. And you even played in this pandemic era, right? And they still want to take the talent that they see and that's being developed over in your organization because now they're watching how you're moving. Hey, that 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 gets me excited. Mm,
0: okay.
1: That, that lets me know that we're 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 on that D1 track. Yeah, we
0: have had some interest in some of our coaches over the last. uh, And and I and I welcome
1: that because we got to spread. We got to spread that. I mean, we stay ready, so we have to get ready. Right, and and it also is something called addition and you know by subtraction.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I understand that as well. That that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we're uh, you know when you have, I guess when you have coaches move to higher levels, Division One, Division Two. It obviously brings some prestige to your athletic department because you know people are looking at you and they say hey this guy or this girl is going to be a great uh, addition to when so we group. raised
1: them they even have a high school gig you mm. know so that means we took them from you know the real bottom like Drake was saying and now yeah. we're here so <laughs> I, I celebrate that yeah so that yeah. just shows us that hey we're doing some things and people are noticing whether they want to write about it or not.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: All right. Unless you see it differently. Though.
0: No, no, I, you know, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you have the opportunity as a coach to move up to a higher competition level, uh, that might be something that you seriously have to consider if it's the right situation. I, I mean, you don't want to just get out of the situation just because you think the, the grass is greener on the other side, which oh, around for a long time,
1: it all needs water and all grass need water, no matter what it is. Yes. And if it's yeah. too green, it might be some fertilizer you didn't want to step in. <laughs> I was going to say that, too. Yep.
0: The uh, grass is always greener around the septic tank.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but what I will tell you, and I love that, term. dog, what I will tell you is that you have a leader who is going to be supportive of you. I'm not going to put the clamps on you. I'm going to help you achieve whatever you want to achieve. Mm. I'm all for it. Yeah. No okay. problem. Hey, because we can reduplicate, we can get bigger, we can get better, but I want you happy. I only want happy people around me. Happy, enthusiastic people, more productive people are happy. Yeah. So I don't want you to feel like you're not happy. So, and that goes for athletes too. Like, we want athletes happy. I don't play the whole um, hold them and don't release them game. Unless there's some things obligational. Things that you owe that you need to pay a balance, and you can't get out of here until you do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. That makes sense. <clears throat> I'm not going to hold you. This is a springboard. We only want the best of the best. Yeah. I knew you were good. That's why I got you. I'm going to get first round draft picks. I'm going to get five to see people. Okay. All right. Right? Yep. Well, that just. You can't be scared, can't be scared sir. Ain't no scared cowboys at the rodeo. <laughs> okay i've never saw a, a, a guy who ride a bull scared hmm. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense.
0: yeah it's just a testament to our athletic department i mean we've yeah. had a few, yeah we've had a few coaches cycle out and uh on and they should
1: though it's the natural life and progression of what we do and when you build in greatness the warrior way you're gonna have that so you have to embrace it you want it i bring it on but I said all that because we, ta- we tackle a lot of tough um, topics today, right? As we always do in this podcast, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. And some of them, we, you know, we tackle them as the devil's advocate. We don't really truly believe what we're saying. We're putting it out there to uh, ignite thought, right? And, and perspective around things that are happening, right? And, and you should be able to look at me and Sherm's life and know what we stand for and what we don't right? So we may tackle a lot of things. We may say some things, you know, that may be unorthodox or non-traditional, right? But this is the educational piece of our podcast is, right, we want to spark learning, right? Research and everything else. Everything in my PhD program that I have under sports leadership is about research and coming to, you know, a common denominator. What's the gap in that learning, right? In that research. And that's what we do. We have a big diverse group um, that uh, at the university that we represent over 85 different countries. So there are different cultures, right. That are represented in and, and our athletic departments, probably one of the most diverse and inclusive um, athletic departments. You know, I say in the country, you know, when it comes to some of the things that we're about and what we're pioneering. So um, with that being said, sure, you know, we are really scratching the surface on a lot of things that people run away from. And that's the reason why they can, bad things continue to happen because nobody is willing to address and fix, you know, what the root cause is to some of these uh, problems that, that are happening. And I think, um, you know, I want to tell you Sherm dog, what people don't know is you come up with every topic, you know, um, on our podcast, right? You bring the topics and what we're going to talk about. I just write on your cocktails on and, them. Um, and I'm just not afraid to, to, to go there with you um, because we have no problem in leadership speaking truth to power. Right. But I don't come up with any of these topics at all. Um, most of the time I try to flow like water and I say, Hey, whatever we are going to do, let's do it. Um, I, I don't think it's one topic that I denied you, you know, about, that's that trying to to everything you know so you know this is a great thing and, and and i know that some people don't like the way we move on on this podcast and so what <laughs> it's real life it, i mean when we start um, losing the authenticity of what we're talking about i'm out i'm out because i don't do fake, right i don't do fake, and um that's not what learning is for me, you know. I'm not gonna be like Texas and, and, and take out, you know, Martin Luther King and Black History and all this stuff and act like it ain't happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna sit here and, and tell you that you know that uh, it's okay to believe that you know Christopher Columbus wasn't a fake. You know what I'm saying? He ain't discovered America. Well, come on, we understand that there's people here already. So let's let's stop playing and let's talk about real things. Uh, with real thought and, and try to come solution based, but but a lot of people, sure, this is a part of education that they don't want to have. Okay, we we want to have the full monty. We want to have the full scope of what we're doing and what we're talking about in some of these hot topics that are happening because our athletes expect that. And in order to get on great, to get to greatness, we have got to step on the back of great. So I think we do this every single time on this podcast, but it only happens because we got people like yourself, we got Brandon Peterson, we got folks that are, are courageous enough to tackle things that we may not understand or believe, but we know it's out there sitting on social media, and we know this being fed subliminally to our student athletes and people in our society, and it's having a negative or sometimes a positive. Um, cause and effect on, on the folks that that are on those platforms. So we just want to balance out the universe a little bit.
0: Well, we certainly are doing that at Westcliff. Um, nothing, there is probably not a university anywhere as diverse as ours. Um, culturally, uh, spiritually, we've got it all. And uh, very fortunate to be in the place that we are. You know, uh, we've got other podcasts coming up. And there's so much going on in the world of sports right now. It's absolutely unbelievable. We, we're only scratching the surface here. I mean, we could, we could talk, uh, do a podcast every day for the next year, and I don't think we would exhaust all of our resources uh, in sports. I mean, there's so much more to talk about with the gender equity and the NCAA holding the basketball tournaments for both men's and women's in the same place, as an example. Um, as you say, you know, there's uh, equity – it's starting to happen. It's slow. You know, Castor Semenya, the the runner who uh has a little too much testosterone in her system. That that's been a point of contention for four years. Uh Laurel Hubbard, who is the first transgender weightlifter in the Olympics, uh and um it it, it she's from New Zealand, by the way. Uh it it's just, you know, we're starting to make strides. It's slow. It but you know, with progress comes pain. And so you know, you can't have necessarily one without the other because it doesn't happen overnight. There's uh, too much of that stinking thinking, as you like to say. So we're, we're getting there. We're absolutely getting there. And, and uh, we are the advocates and, and we are leading the way at Westcliff University. And we have our administration and our uh, athletic department to, uh, to thank for that. So uh, with that, I know we've got other stuff to do. We've got other things to talk about, but we will be back with another podcast. So uh, keep an eye out for Building Greatness the Warrior Way. And as always, I would like to thank my guest host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And the gentleman who makes us sound good each and every time we do podcasts, that is Brandon Peterson, our sound engineer. Beep, 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 beep. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcast and please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics and we thank you for your support. And keep an eye out for the next podcast.